0: in the hangar. We're here with another episode. Tonight we have Jack Murphy with us. Say hello Jack.
1: Hey. Hey all. Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah. We got Daniel again.
1: What's up peeps? I'm and, back.
0: Uh, unfortunately Josh Fishman is not on this episode. We had three of them so.
1: We let him float downstream. Yeah. And get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, How you guys been? I feel like I haven't seen you guys in like three weeks but I mean we recorded two weeks ago but also I just feel like I haven't been around very much.
0: Because you were just on spring break with your kids. Where would you guys end up going?
1: So everybody's like, oh, did you live in Auburn? You got friends down there? (laughs) So we we went to Auburn, uh, the city of Auburn, Alabama, where um, Auburn University is located. And my wife went there. My parents went there. I was born there. Um, Spent a lot of time down there in college. I did not go to school there. Um, But we just got an Airbnb. Um, it was like right off campus. We walked around campus a lot, ate at some cool places um went to a baseball game um
2: take the kids with you
1: yeah, yeah, the kids went with us me, Taylor Hadley, and Hutton. So if you guys don't know, listener um we have a five and a half year old named Hadley and a one and a half year old named Hutton um two girls they're both awesome. And so, they were great, the whole trip. It was re- it was a lot of fun. It was restful. Sometimes vacation, as a parent, is not actually a vacation for the parent. It's just mm-hmm. like doing life hectically mm-hmm. in a different place. But oh, yeah. uh, this was actually a vacation. It was a lot of fun.
0: Nice. Yep. Yeah. We were just here. Uh, it was St. Patrick's Day just happened. I was sick, so I didn't really go out anywhere. But, I know, Jack, you had some... Some plans going on.
2: Yeah. Uh Carolyn, myself, and a couple others went to Southern Grist Brewery. Kind of have like a Irish theme going on, so got some drinks there. And then went over to the Centennial, which is my favorite Patrick Swayze bar. They've got Patrick Swayze painted on the side. It's called the Centennial.
1: It's called the Centennial. Is it in the nations? It's in the nations. (laughs) (laughs) Uh if you are if you're not native to Nashville, if you don't live in Nashville, if you don't know anything about Nashville, um, one of the boroughs of Nashville is called The Nations, and Jack loves The Nations.
0: Big fan, yeah. It's where he lives.
1: So, why, why is this bar a Patrick Swayze bar?
2: You know, I've never actually asked that question, uh, but they do have a lot of Patrick Swayze memorabilia. <laughs> they have pictures of him on the wall and like Dirty Dancing and whatever Kung Fu movies. Roadhouse. Roadhouse, yeah. Roadhouse. They've <laughs> got. <laughs> Come on, get with it. <laughs> <laughs> they have a painting of him on the side of the building. The QR codes have a space in the middle. Oh, let's see. And they do a Patrick Swayze day every year for his birthday. Okay. And all. Is the... he like from? No, <laughs> did he grow up here? Like people love Patrick he Swayze. He was huge in once? the '80s. Yeah. Guys,
1: you ever seen Ghost? I've like seen.
0: I haven't seen but any Patrick Swayze movies.
1: Yeah, with Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg. No, I haven't seen
2: any of those movies. Okay. But yeah, Patrick Swayze day. They had. Uh, Two mile run, five mile run, and then had Patrick Swayze gear afterwards. So I have a Patrick Swayze T-shirt, Patrick
1: Swayze trucker hat. <laughs> That's so, so you did those? You oh participated? Yeah. I did the two mile. Oh, I don't know two miles. Don't Saint Patrick. <laughs> yeah, he's the new Saint Patrick Swayze. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Was that part of it? Is that why like we did that?
0: They're like, oh, Patrick. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question.
1: So Southern Grist, um, local brewery. Has like tons of like crazy creations of craft beers. What was the vibe over there for St. Patrick's Day? Like, what what were they doing?
2: Uh, they they do like beer slushies, and so they hadn't done them in a while apparently. But this was like a beer slushie, but they had Irish liquor in it with like some Bailey's um, and was it whipped cream with some sort of green sugary glaze on top. So Mm. Carolyn loved it. She loves the the sugary drinks. Not my forte. Okay. But, um, What'd you get? I just got a couple beers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I got a beer and now are now serving liquor, so I got a beer and a shot of Jameson. I didn't take it as a shot. But, okay. Yeah.
0: Didn't go for any Guinness?
2: <sighs> you, they don't have Guinness, you know? Really? They have, they have their own style beers, though. Mm-hmm. They yeah. Had, they had a dry-aged stout that I tried. That was really good. Nice. Yeah.
1: You were sick, so you didn't yeah. do anything?
0: No. No, I know... Uh, I was excited for it, because, like, growing up, it was something that, like, my family enjoyed, and I was also in Ireland back in December, and it was just, like, super fun there, and I was like, oh, I'm ready to go to, like, a pub again, because, like, every night, we're out at some pub somewhere, Mm -hmm. Um, but unfortunately, I was uh, not able to partake in Mm -hmm. the events. I know uh, someone mentioned that um, M.L. Rose has, like, the green beers that they do, Mm. Um, Which last year I was able to to get over there and have one of them. But yeah, wasn't able to go. We went over
1: to a friend's house um, who is just like phenomenal with cooking and hospitality and everything. And um, they made these shepherd's pies in like mini crock pot or mini um, cast iron skillets. Mm -hmm. It's like everybody had a cast iron skillet at their uh, table setting. And it was amazing. The Shepherd's Pie was so good. Um, the husband had just gotten back from, well, I can say who it was. It was Andrew and Laura Stacey. Um he, Andrew had just gotten back from taking a, a group of high school students to the UK. And they, they had toured um, England and I think Scotland. I think they went into Scotland. So he had a couple of his favorite um, golden beers from the UK. Wow. Um, and, and we drank those, and they made a, a, a bread pudding with this whiskey glaze on top of it that was unbelievable. It was so
0: good. Yeah, I, growing up, never really liked Irish food. Okay. Because every year for St. Patrick's, my parents would always make corned beef and cabbage. Mm. Cabbage is just worse lettuce. I love cabbage. And then... Blaspheme. I mean, I'll eat it. But the corned beef, I could never eat. It's just the texture was just not for me.
1: I think that I must be a little Irish because I love all things. <laughs> Ireland. Yeah. Well,
2: you know, my parents named me Jack Patrick Murphy. So really? Had, <laughs> wow. The joke was that I would apply to Notre Dame and be a shoe in and I never even actually <laughs> applied to Notre Dame. So it didn't work out. <laughs>
1: Does your family like? Do y'all do anything historically? Does anybody go big? That you know, we've never done anything. Okay. In
2: fact, I was was telling Corey that uh, my first St. Patrick's Day where I could actually drink was in college. I was twenty-one. My friends uh, didn't want to do anything; they were out studying, and so (laughs) I just bought some Guinness and drank by myself. Mm. (laughs) Uh, And so after that, I haven't done anything for St. Patrick's Day because I'm like, no one want to do anything with me then. Why? (laughs) Why should I want to
1: do anything with people now? (laughs) Yeah. it forward. <laughs> Have you guys ever been to Savannah? Yes. Like for St. Patrick's Day? No. Okay. They turn the whole river green hmm. yeah, in Savannah. They do the same thing in Chicago too. Do they really? Yeah. Okay, okay. But I think like I think Savannah goes pretty big. Oh, okay. That's yeah. probably a lot of cities probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> 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 every every listener is like, hey, you ignorant redneck. But anyways, I've always wanted to go over there. Yeah. I hear I hear they do um St. Patrick's Day pretty big.
0: Yeah, I should ask one of my... I know our friend Joe just moved. He lived with you. He's in Boston. We should probably see if he did anything. But, um yeah, it is a big thing in a lot of different cities. I know growing up, like, I don't know if you guys ever had these traditions where, like, it was kind of like Santa, but you had the leprechauns, and you just walked downstairs, and you'd have, like, a bag of those, like, gold to blue and chocolate things that are, like, wrapped up, and mm. then, like... For some reason like the green lifesavers, I don't. think That's just my parents were like, we might as well do something for these kids. That they can believe anything, but
1: I think that's probably just your parents. <laughs> it might
0: have been. I mean, they'd always come back like the green bagels from the grocery store. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever met anyone else who was like, yeah, we had the leprechaun coming in and leave stuff because like, you think the leprechauns would take things instead yeah. of leaving anything.
1: Hmm. Nope, we didn't have that tradition.
0: Start for your kids.
1: Yeah, I think we're gonna pass them. <laughs> <laughs> they already get they already get too much stuff, anyways. They don't need a weird leprechaun creep, creeping around the house leaving them stuff. Hard pass. <laughs> like hard hard candies. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's actually this the like gummy ones for some reason. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes it better. No, <laughs> it just makes it interesting that you somehow pull these out. I'm assuming my parents had to buy the package of all of them and just take the green ones out and put them in something. Hmm. It was weird.
1: Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so, you want to play this game? Sure. So, we were um, trying to figure out a game to play. Uh, me and Jack sometimes talk about Lord of the Rings. Jack's a big reader. And uh, I think I was sick a couple weeks ago, and you said that you were watching. Were you watching Lord of the Rings? you texted me while I was sick and you said that you were, were you reading or watching? <laughs> I the read Rings? some Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, yes, I have strep throat <laughs> and I'm currently <laughs> watching Fellowship right now. Um, and so I was thinking, hey, let's play like a Lord of the Rings game and Kyle found this
0: game. Yeah, originally I was like thinking maybe we could do a game because Jack loves like bourbon and whiskey and all that. A game what's like, go? Oh, guess what bourbon this is based on this bad review mm. and I was like I've never heard of any of these okay. I cannot guarantee he's heard of any yeah, of these yeah yeah um, so I was like okay let me see what pops up when I when I search uh, uh, Lord of the Rings character or the first thing that came up is uh, Tolkien or antidepressant <laughs> <laughs> so we were, see
1: so do yeah. we each do we all like do you know yeah. the answers so I have this uh, okay. so
0: so I went through a couple of them, um, and if you get it wrong, it'll tell you like what it is. Okay. And it'll either show you a picture, if there is a picture to show, or it'll like, explain where in the books you can find this character. Wow. So, um, I'm just going to click play and, and right. it'll show us the, the name. And we can are, are you going to read it? Out. it? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll say the name. So the name is Sintimil.
1: <sighs> Sintimil.
0: I'm going anti Yeah, it sounds like, like, like anti depressant to me. yeah it is Um, we don't have to read the science behind it but yeah it's antidepressant okay Edrinax that sounds antidepressant
1: antidepressant
0: antidepressant okay yes (laughs) Luvox Tolkien Tolkien antidepressant
1: I think think I'm gonna say Luvox is one of the gods from (laughs) the Silmarillion alright
0: no it's antidepressant oh man Cledial. Oh, uh, that's Tolkien.
1: It has to be Tolkien. Yeah. No. No. Every one of them has been an antidepressant <laughs> yeah, I mean, so far.
0: The thing that got me about this one is there's like a little accent over the E. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is like, oh, why would you place that? But maybe it's like a that Spanish Sounds like it could thing. be like an elf or something.
1: It right? definitely does.
0: Yeah, this is uh, marketed in France and Spain. Of course. That, uh. that does it. Sildenafil. Sildenafil. Mm.
1: Antidepressant. I have to go to Tolkien. Okay. Just the odds say Tolkien.
0: Antidepressant. Son of a... I think I'm up on you by like
1: one. Yeah, you're up you're on As a fan. This has to be an antidepressant. I'm gonna
0: I'm go to Tolkien. Okay. Antidepressant. <laughs> They're all antidepressants. <laughs> Bilbo. Okay, that's... that's okay, Tolkien. well, uh, Tolkien. Tolkien? Yeah. Yeah
1: wow that is Haldir, way... Haldir. Tolkien. Tolkien. Tolkien
0: yeah Narmacil Antidepressant Antidepressant
1: I'm gonna say Tolkien
0: Tolkien oh, yes it is uh, the 17th king of Gondor after the death of his father uh, I'm not gonna read the rest of that but yeah. wow <laughs> they pull random things out
1: that's awesome
0: Elrond, Tolkien
1: Tolkien <laughs> Antidepressant oh my god like you would think that Elrond El- would be like Elrond's yeah. like relative somewhere. Mm.
0: God, <laughs> but.
1: this is the worst. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the that's Tolkien. Tolkien, you've heard of this guy? Yes. Who, who, who is he, Daniel?
1: I don't know. Uh, I, I just I've heard was, of him. <laughs> okay, I'm not that big of a nerd. Elendil, Tolkien, Tolkien,
0: yeah. <laughs> Escaleth Tolkien. Antidepressant. Oh. Dang.
1: I don't know what I would have said. I think I was going to go antidepressant, but it doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: Burgle. That sounds That's like antidepressant. Tolkien. Antidepressant. Yep. Oh, yes. Orphan. Antidepressant.
1: Oh man. Oh man. Uh, or orphan. Antidepressant.
0: Tolkien. Dang it. Wow. One of three wardens of the northern border of Lothlorien. Wow. Aristor. Sounds
1: like Tolkien. Gotta be Tolkien. Yep. Yes.
0: Amantadine. I'm gonna go
1: antidepressant.
0: Yeah. Wow. Cymbalta. Antidepressant. Tolkien. Dang antidepressant. it. That's a common antidepressant. Nardale.
1: Tolkien.
2: Antidepressant.
0: antidepressant. Dang it. Ooh. Min Alcar.
2: I'm gonna go
1: to Tolkien. It sounds like it could be like a dwarf or something. Okay, Tolkien. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I'm like. 19th King of Gondor. So I'm okay. questioning all of my, like. Uh, I'm definitely not like a deep, deep, deep dive. I mean, you got Bilbo. Lord of the, Yeah, we got Bilbo.
0: <laughs> yeah. Darby. Tol- uh, Tolkien. Yeah. Sirdan. That's, that's antidepressant.
1: Dang it. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what the score is right now. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: Celebrium. I think that's an antidepressant.
1: Okay, I'm going with Jack.
0: No, uh, Okay. Some elf lady.
1: <laughs> a what lady? Elf. An elf lady. <laughs> oh, an elf lady. <laughs>
0: Desiréal.
1: The way that you said that sounds like a Tolkien person.
0: Antidepressant. Desirel. It out of rest it wow, <laughs> man. Dang, wow. okay, that was, that, was, oh. that was interesting.
1: That was pretty interesting. Also, I didn't know near as many, like, there, there wasn't as many known characters that popped up right there. Like, mm-hmm. if you've just read the books maybe once or twice and you've seen the movies a bunch, yeah. like, I don't think you would have known some of those. They had
0: some images for some of them, but, um, Yes. Yeah, some most of them, part they chose. Yeah. Random names that are probably in like a list of names somewhere.
1: Like the but. 13th king in the line of Gondor yeah. doesn't come up really in the movies. Some of them do. Or the book, <laughs> for that matter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably if you not. go
0: to the uh, appendix, you'll yeah. probably find it there. Right. right, 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 right. But, yeah, it just goes to show you how little you know to distinguish. Right. All
1: right, Tolkien nerds, we did it for you. <laughs> How's you guys' brackets looking? Busted. So we have a we have a young adults um, bracket challenge. There's like forty six, forty seven people in it. There's so many people in there. Yeah. Do you know what place you're in currently? I'm towards the bottom, third <laughs> <laughs> probably. Or did you fill um, one out?
0: Yeah, I'm f- uh, tied for third right now. What? But I don't think it's gonna last because I have Purdue in the finals. So there you go. Oh yeah, you're you're done. One hundred sixty points, and then the only two. That could make it to my final four: uh, Houston and Alabama.
1: So are you KJ Core? Yeah, yeah. You've got you've got Houston winning it. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And Jack, who are you? I'm way down the bottom. It should be Jack Murphy. Oh yeah, Jack Patrick Murphy. You're 36th. Yeah. So. Great job. I'm 29th. Congrats. Um. So you have Houston winning. Yep. You have Bama. Houston. Oh, you've got Houston? Yeah. Oh, I'm literally looking at it. Stupid. I've got Bama, which hurts Oof. so much for Bad. me to pick oh. as an Auburn fan. Um. Yeah, I think me and you are out of it.
2: I don't know. Yeah. We. Yeah. You know what? I don't really care about my bracket that much. I just want to see good games. Mm-hmm. I want to see the lower seeds win. Like, when we were yeah. out watching the Purdue game, so many people were cheering for Purdue because they were like, oh, my bracket's going to be busted. But I want to see the 16 seed win.
0: Oh, yeah, when FDU was uh, playing against, um, what was the other one they are playing against? I don't Purdue. remember. Florida Atlanta? No, no. Uh, Florida yeah. Atlanta? Yeah, in yeah. round two. One of my friends was, like, betting on the game. And yeah. We're like, you, they were tied at one point, and he's like, oh, man, like, if they win. That was a good game. It was yeah, a really yeah. good game. Yeah.
1: Also, the the FAU and Memphis game from the first round was awesome. Yeah, it was so good. Did you guys um, have you have y'all watched much of it? Oh yeah, yeah, I watched yeah. a couple. Yeah,
2: I've, I've parked myself in front of the TV.
1: <laughs> yeah, are there any hours. games that games that stand out to you? I mean, you're a Tennessee fan.
2: Yeah, I mean the Tennessee Duke game stood out to me. I didn't think that Tennessee stood a chance. They were about 500 in the last ten games of the season, mm-hmm. and Duke had won ten straight games. So. I thought Duke was going to manhandle us, and turned out it was the other way around. So that game sticks out in my mind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I Watched the UVA game and where they lost, which was devastating because they should have won, um, but they just made some bad plays. Oh yeah, that that one was great because yeah. it came down to an almost buzzer beater where yeah. uh, Furman
2: scored a three on a big blunder. Yeah. With uh, two seconds left, which I was torn because you know I went to Wofford. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Wofford and Furman are big rivals. Rivals, yep. Um, yeah. it's cool to pull for the small dog.
0: Yeah, then I also watched the uh, UConn game that they just had. Uh, that one was pretty good. They're were, they were doing well. Uh, a bunch of friends who went to UConn, so it was nice to see them win. I feel like it's interesting. I always grew up knowing that the women's team was really good. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, I didn't know the men could play.
1: Wow. So when I was growing up in middle school, UConn's men's team was like dominant. Yeah, for there was a there was a good I don't know three four five years where they were like really dominant.
0: I mean, I looked up the stats of like how many teams have won and how many years, and they won a few times at least. Um, they won back in twenty fourteen most recently, which I was surprised about. Which I would have been in high school at the time, so I feel like I would have heard about it, but I just wasn't interested, I guess.
1: Are you, so you went to Virginia. Virginia yeah. is probably mostly a basketball school, right? Yeah. Um, did you go to a bunch of the games?
0: So I went to one in-person game. Okay. Um, which I was, I had a friend who was going to be driving me home for Christmas or something. Um, and he was going, and usually the games are on like Tuesday nights, uh, like school nights. And I have like a Lot of work I had to do for like as an architecture student for different, uh, my like big studio class. So I rarely went to any of the games, um, simply because it just didn't work out time wise. Um, but when they were winning in my sophomore year, um, second year if you're a UVA student, <laughs> uh, but uh, I was watching all of the, the March Madness games, which was super interesting because I remember, um, the year before. A lot, when they had lost to the 16th seed, which, ironically, Purdue did this year, um, like, they had just beaten, uh, I think Louisville in a buzzer beater, and I was just at a friend's house, it was on, and after they, like, hit the buzzer beater, people come running in from upstairs, from outside, all these different <laughs> doors, and I'm like, where are these people going from? Like, I was <laughs> cheering, um, and then, like, when we lost the next game, it was just devastating for everyone, because we were seeded number one, everyone thought we were going to win, uh, and then the following year, uh, we finally do win, and it was, like, we beat Auburn in, like, yeah, a Yeah, I know you did. Yeah, no, it was a very, like... Controversial already, game. They'd, yeah, they'd already posted uh, the result in the uh, Auburn, like, student paper that, like, they'd won, but yet guys still had some free throws to make and then we ended up winning and then played against Texas Tech in the finals um, but I just remember it was just insane being there we like went outside we had fireworks we were shooting up the street and as we were doing that like a police car came around the corner we were like and hit the police car we're like okay <laughs> um, and there was like some, some of our neighbors were just like yelling at all of us like Multiple houses of, like, friends that I had that were we were all just cheering and exciting. And this one house, this dude came out was like, hey, quiet down. We're like, bro, you live in Charlottesville. Like, this is a big moment. Everyone's excited about this. Yeah. I think the dude had, like, a Texas license plate or something, yeah. so he just didn't care. Figures. I, yeah. Um, but then we went down to uh, the corner, which is, like, the big area where people go and hang out. You pass, like, the rotunda. And there's, like, a sea of people just... Out there were tons of steps. Streaking's a big thing, so a lot of people were naked. Uh, streaking, streaking, wow, wow. Um, so there's a sea of naked people that we walked past. We're like, no, thank you. Okay. So there's was a police officer, and he was like, "Look, I," he's like, "I can't really do anything. I'll, probably just go home." And then you get to the corner, and there is every like it's just people. You can't see street, and under the the main bridge down there, if you've ever been Charlottesville there is a, a truck and there's a few cars that are, like, they can't move because there's people swarming them. And one of my friends, <laughs> I see him, he walks up on top of this truck and starts, like, screaming and shouting. And the dude just chilling in his car, just, like, accepting it. <laughs> but we went, we were able to go to uh, the basketball, our basketball stadium, and they threw it on. It was, just, like, super fun. Yeah. Interesting. Like, I had some friends who went to Minnesota for the games, uh-huh. so it must have been, like, great there. But, like, I was never really all that into basketball. Uh, funnily enough, like, Tony Bennett is our coach, and he's, like, a big deal. And people kind of... So I'd mentioned He's him. a great singer as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my first year, um, I had no idea who he was going in because, like, I didn't grow up in Virginia. So, like, it wasn't a big deal for me. Like, my family never really watched basketball. Um, but one of my friends uh, who was, like... Uh, I was like, hey, who's Tony Bennett? He's like, oh, he's the Virginia basketball coach. Like, he's on the TV right now. And um, I don't know if you guys have seen Tony Bennett, but whoever was on the screen at the time was not Tony Bennett. (laughs) So for like a year and a half, I just didn't care about basketball at all. And I'm in the car with some of my other friends. And I'm like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Tony Bennett. He's like a silver fox. And I was like, why do you call him this? and they're like what do you mean like tony bennett is like that's what you call any like attractive like older dude and i was like what do you mean older like tony bennett's a young black man and they're like no he is not <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay and uh for a year and a half i believed that tony bennett was uh, a very different man. I don't know who was on that screen, but it was not Tony Bennett.
1: I'm looking at a picture of Tony Bennett right now. Not a young black man. No, yeah. <laughs> very he's, much an he's a older fox, gentleman. though. Definitely yeah. a silver fox. <laughs> yeah. Jack, thoughts on college basketball? Are you a big basketball guy? Do you like watching basketball?
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big college basketball fan. I, I went to Wofford, and you know, like I was talking about, I love going for the small dog. Wofford. We literally are the small dogs the yeah so. oh wow yeah i didn't know that yeah that's amazing but when i was there we made the ncaa tournament uh two of the four years that i was there one year we made it uh <laughs> we won our conference championship and me and my friend we just went around campus honking our horn no one was really like that thrilled about it <laughs> but the best part was the next day in class someone was talking about it They're like oh yeah i
1: heard someone going around honking their horn last <laughs> time. Like, that was me <laughs> So um, wait, they they made it to the NCAA tournament two of your four years. Yep, that is awesome. Yeah, they made it my
2: freshman year. Steph Curry, he was actually playing for Davidson that yeah. year, really? and wow. uh, someone else knocked him out of the SoCon tournament.
0: So we had to play him in the final.
1: Wow, that's amazing. And
0: Davidson is the only game I went to in person that we played against. i never oh, heard really? of Davidson. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know who this is. Yeah, they were in the
2: SoCon back then, and they've since moved. Where is Davidson, Ohio? No, it's in North Carolina.
1: North Carolina, yeah. I had no idea. It's in,
2: it's in Davidson, North Carolina, which is about probably like an hour, hour and a half north of Charlotte, North
1: Carolina. Super interesting. Yeah. I um, have just, I've never really been into college basketball. Like, I loved playing NCAA March Madness oh, on yeah. PlayStation when I was growing up. Um, although it really wasn't that good of a game if you think about it. But uh, I guess in the past couple of years maybe in the last five years since Bruce Pearl has been at Auburn. Um I've I've gotten to where I've really, really enjoyed watching basketball. Um, to where we me and Taylor at least have the game on every time that Auburn's on T V. So um I really enjoy it. A little bummed that Auburn wasn't better this year, but really thought they were gonna get Houston yeah. early in that game. But If you've watched Auburn all year, that's kind of what they do. They get up, and then they just kind of blow it, because they didn't really have much offense this year. You know where Bruce Pearl
2: coached before Auburn? UT. Oh, yeah. Go Bulls.
1: And then he got in trouble for having a backyard barbecue. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Did you go to any of the games at UT? Yeah. I
2: went to all the UT basketball home games, so they were pretty fun. Yeah? they, They were okay when I was there, but yeah, me and my friends, we'd always go down to Thompson Bowling Arena. Games were pretty fun. Uh, I don't think I missed a game. Yeah, they're they were awesome. Great atmosphere.
1: Was Bruce Pearl there when you were there?
2: Uh, who was it when I was there? I want to say it was Quanto Martin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then the football team was not very good when I was there. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, basketball was was our sport. We were definitely a basketball school back then.
1: Tennessee's like getting really good in the last couple of years at everything like baseball teams blowing up.
2: Yeah. Baseball team last year, we were ranked number one for a yeah. while. Same with the uh, whole with team football. was on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then you have basketball. We've done really well in basketball the last couple of years. Uh, last year ranked number one, most of the season lost, I think in the round of 32. Mm. But yeah, this year we were in the top 10 for most of the season. So, yeah. It's been a good couple of years for UT sports.
1: Well, I had I had Duke beating you guys. I did, too. I,
2: I had no faith in Tennessee basketball. I had
1: Duke making it all the way to play Alabama and Alabama beating them. So, yeah. mm. that kind of crushed my bracket a little bit. Dang. Well, um, if you guys don't know Jack, uh, Jack's a big bourbon guy. Whiskey, bourbon. Um, so, we thought we'd just talk a little bit about bourbon and whiskey with Jack. Right, Jack? That's right, yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh,
2: I can start with a funny story first. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so my dad, he was pretty much raised by his uncle, who's named Daniel, and so my dad wanted to name me Jack Daniel Murphy, and my mom was like, there's no way we can call him that, because he's basically destined to, you know, either... One, be an alcoholic. <laughs> or two, just be be called, hey, like you're yeah. whiskey number seven. Just get really killed. Tennessee whiskey number seven. So <laughs> also
1: Daniel, great name. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> that would have been a cool name. If your name was Jack Daniel Murphy, that would be Dude, awesome. That would've been a cool name. Yeah. Yeah, you could have been old number seven. Like they could just that could have been your nickname. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like number seven. Man. So where did your love of Bourbon whiskey, and I'll correct me—is it just bourbon? Is it all whiskeys? No, it's, it's it's all whiskeys.
2: Uh,
0: it's just uh, alcohol, generally. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's tell uh, us
2: about your
1: problems. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was mostly bourbon and whiskey. Uh, like, I think I, I mostly just started out in my early twenties drinking, you know, whiskey, Coke, Jack Daniels, yeah, Coke, and then yeah. there was a guy from my church, and he just wanted to have a whiskey tasting one time, so he brought over six different whiskeys to. Our house, our house is full of, it was me and three other guys who got the Brotel. So the Brotel, we were hosting this whiskey tasting night. He brought over six whiskeys and just gave us like the tasting notes for each one. I was like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, and that kind of helped me like refine my palate a little bit and notice like, hey, I shouldn't be drinking this good whiskey in Coke. You know, it's meant to be enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed outside of Coke if, it, if it's good enough. Uh, so after that I started, yeah, just buying more whiskey uh, and then just, you know some of it's really bad some of it's really good some of it's really expensive there's a lot of uh, cheap stuff out there that's really good you know you don't spend a lot of money to buy something good uh, there is a lot of hype out there with certain bourbons um, but I, th- I think the way that it came became a hobby was you know I, I just just wanted to try different stuff uh, at the end of the day it is all just brown liquid but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, some of it is it is really good, and, and I drink. Is, I do enjoy it. I think I, over the years, have probably collected like eighty different bottles that I still have. Yeah, I like to say that I have a a buying problem, not a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't drink it as fast as I buy it, and I've slowed down a little bit on buying it. But
0: um. yeah, when my uh, my aunt her boyfriend they uh, they came and visited, and everywhere they went, he bought a bottle of something and she was like hey do you want any bottles of alcohol and I was like no I'm good and she's like please there's so many in our car Mm. and if you've been to their house they have just like every cupboard somewhere has just a bunch of it somewhere and he's like I'm never gonna be able to drink all of this so like he's gonna end up leaving it to his kids I know I've been in your house and you have like so, like, in your, like, closet, upstairs, like, on the bathroom <laughs> counter. Under his pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
2: they are, like, three different places in my house. Wow. So I, don't, I don't have enough room for them all.
1: <laughs> so, how do you, do you have, like, certain, certain like, um, whiskeys that you're chasing, like, that you don't have, that you've never been able to buy, that, like... Obviously, I know that there's like super expensive stuff, There's yeah. something that you're like, I, I really want to have that one.
2: Uh, you know, I, I used to chase whiskey a lot. I had my own Instagram handle where I would follow liquor stores around Nashville and did that for a while and decided, hey, this is a little bit too much. I'm getting a little bit too obsessed with it. <laughs> um, but when I do go out of town, I try to, you know, check out local liquor stores out of town. So I was actually in Chicago uh, a few months ago and... I don't know. Do you guys know Pappy Van Winkle? Yeah. They had a... T- Sounds right, yeah. yeah Definitely heard of it. Yeah. It's like a unicorn,
1: right? Exactly.
2: Yeah, it's a unicorn. So I found, like, the unicorn of the unicorns. It was okay. Pappy Van Winkle 25 year. Wow. On the shelf at this one liquor store in Tinley Park, Illinois. But they were selling it for $4,000. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. But like, you don't see that bottle anywhere. Yeah. I, I toyed with it for, like, 30 seconds, and I'm like, ah, there's so much more money, or so much... Other stuff. I'd rather spend four thousand dollars. Yeah, on. I
1: think you texted me, and <laughs> and you were like, "I found this bottle. It's four thousand dollars." And I think I was like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So we went to another liquor store when we were up there, and they had Old Rip Van Winkle Ten Year, so fifteen years younger. Okay. Uh, for seven hundred dollars, and that was still out of my price range. So, mm. um, so yeah, I've I've gotten into. You know, just my my tried and true bourbons. I really like some Russell's Reserve, uh, some Wild Turkey. They've got some good rare breed. Okay. And then, uh, Carolyn will hate me for saying this, because someone was saying, uh, does Jack like Maker's Mark? And she was like, oh no, that's like too basic (laughs) and beneath him. But I do really like uh, Makersmart. Not the regular one, but they do have like some private selections. So Okay, those you, really
1: you suggested one of those mm-hmm. to me one time, and I got it.
2: Yeah.
0: What was it? Do you remember
2: what it yeah, was? Yeah, that, that was the Makersmart cask strength. It
1: was awesome. Yeah. It was really good. It was
2: really good. It's one of my favorites, too.
1: Cool.
0: I know you went on uh, bourbon tasting mm-hmm. through Kentucky with one of your friends from college.
2: Uh, one of my um, friends from Charlotte. He's actually a... Okay. A former Brotel member. Oh,
1: yeah. That's, yeah.
0: Do you feel like, did you find any, like, new ones that you had never had that, uh, and then did, out of any of those, like, did you find any, like, oh, I want to drink this more often?
2: Uh, I didn't really find any new ones. We went to the distilleries that I'd, that I'd already tried before, okay. um, but we went to Rabbit Hole, and that was one of my, my favorite distillery tours up there. Uh, it's more of, like, the modern experience. You get to see everything. It's smaller. It's more private and intimate, so mm. you actually get to see some behind-the-scenes work. Uh, and they, I think they have some really good bourbon. There's one called uh, the Deringer. It's finished in uh, sherry I guess. maybe it's port, but it adds like a sweetness, like a certain okay. sweetness to it, and that's really good. Uh, so that's one of my favorite ones. And then I also love Old Forester, so we went to Old Forester, and that was kind of a mix between like factory tour slash uh, I don't know like museum uh, but they had some really good bourbon too so I really like that
0: so what is the difference between whiskey and bourbon uh,
2: it is the mash bill so bourbon has above 51% corn okay. so whereas the other ones don't yeah, bourbon has to be made in the United States not necessarily Kentucky
1: it used to be Kentucky right but not I don't know
2: no. I don't know if it ever was Kentucky okay think that's just a myth. Like a Kentucky
1: prideful thing? Yeah. Like? yeah. Okay. I mean, you
2: can could, you could make bourbon in California okay. if you want to. Now, there is Tennessee whiskey, like Jack mm. Daniels Tennessee whiskey. Like, that can only be made in Tennessee. Uh, I think that actually qualifies as bourbon. Okay. You can have Canadian whiskey, there's Japanese whiskey, yeah. uh, scotch, and Irish whiskey, yeah, Indian whiskey. so.
1: So, other than bourbon, do you have, like, a favorite style of whiskey, like, outside of bourbon? Mm,
2: Not necessarily. I mean, rye whiskey is really good. It's a little spicier. Uh, There's a lot of good ones out there. I was... uh, At one of my old jobs, I actually did a whiskey advent tasting. So, this this guy that I worked with, he would just bottle up 24 two-ounce bottle, like, medicine bottles of whiskey, ship it out to his friends... (laughs) We'd give him like 200 bucks and every day we'd just taste some whiskey and we'd go online. He made like a little website. You'd put in your tasting notes, you'd rate it, and you would guess what type of whiskey it was. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. so it was kind of intricate. I'm sure he put a lot of sweat equity into it and it was really fun. And so at the end, you got to see how you stacked up against other people because you would <laughs> get points based on whether or not you taste, you guessed the right whiskey. Are you good at that? Uh, I was good at it. Okay. I, think, I mean, I think it's... Pretty easy to tell the difference between like a bourbon and say a Scotch. Okay. Uh, you know, there's also Japanese whiskey, which I think tastes pretty similar to Scotch. And then you have uh, there's one that was like Indian whiskey, which it's very interesting. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: So never Indian India is not really known for its whiskey, but. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had scotch a couple of different times. It is, it's like really smoky or like char, yeah, like yeah. char. Petey, I think that's what they call Petey. it. Petey. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's a lot. That's what Peter's mom called him when he was young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it Yeah. Um,
2: when I first tasted scotch, you know, it kind of tastes like diesel fuel, you know. Okay. You could put that in your truck and it'd go 400 miles.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um, also, you're like really good at making drinks, right? I am, yeah. Or you yeah. really enjoy making drinks, I, I do like really cocktails enjoy and stuff drinks, like that. Yeah, yeah I guess what it's uh, a hobby of mine. What what is like, if you're gonna make a drink for someone, what's your go-to? Yeah,
2: my go-to is probably just an old fashioned. Okay. Um, people don't like bourbon. I can make a pretty mean margarita. Okay. Just a, a simple recipe that I got from one of my favorite taco places in town, Bakersfield. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the margarita's good. A lot of people love it. So. It's easy do to
1: make. you do you own of bourbon or or whiskey um, that you you will not make like a cocktail with like you're like nope you have to drink this neat <laughs>
2: yeah I have a there's a couple that I have okay. there's there's one that I, there's one whiskey bottle that I haven't opened yet okay I'm saving it for a special occasion so okay <laughs> yeah you know my, what occasion my, that is my just... birthday <laughs> yeah Daniel's birthday <laughs> yeah. Yeah. okay no I I'll figure uh, can't wait <laughs> the special occasion I would know when it's the special occasion. okay yeah.
0: Cool. So Jack, you are uh, a youth leader here at West End. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about like how you got involved in that? Um, and just like, you know, what, what uh, kind of led you to wanting to take up that role?
2: Yeah, uh, when I lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, I had a lot of friends who were heavily involved in the youth group and we had something like discipleship groups there. And I never really participated in it, other than like a couple events here and there that my friends would invite me to, uh, to help like I guess chaperone. Uh, and so when I came here, I didn't have a lot of experience leading youth, or any type of experience I guess with a leadership role in a church. And so when I got to Weston, this opportunity arose because I was friends with a lot of D group leaders, uh, and so they were like, "Hey, we need some guys," and I was like, "Okay, like." Prayed about it, decided, hey, like I would like to do it. I'm not really good or I'm not really comfortable speaking in front of people. But I was like, hey, practicing or practicing teaching the word to seventh graders would I think would be a great first stab at that. So, um, yeah, I got plugged in with D groups, was leading seventh graders. It was a little awkward at first just because I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I remember what I was like as a 7th grader. <laughs> I was probably pretty awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, I never really went to youth group. And so uh, I just thought it would be cool if you know the kids at our church had a leader who was consistent, who showed up, who was passionate about teaching the Word. And so that's that's kind of what I try to do, uh, just be consistent, show up. Uh, I've been to a couple different events. We had a student who was... Uh, acting in a play, Charlotte's Web, a few weeks ago, and I went to that. And so, mm-hmm. uh, Meet a bunch of other D-group leaders, went to that, and so that was good. Um, it's also been really rewarding, because last year they were seventh graders, this year they're eighth graders. Uh, they were really quiet last year as seventh graders, and so this year it's a lot of the same kids in eighth grade, um, and they seem a lot more inquisitive. They're a lot more uh, passionate about the Bible. You know, they say their favorite time of the week is when they come to D group. So I can actually see them like growing in in the, in the word and in the Lord and uh, seeing the spirit like work in their lives and just giving them that passion has been really rewarding.
0: Mm. Do you feel like this is something that you would continue, um, throughout your life, just leading like younger people. Do you feel like you have like a connection with like that age group? Um,
2: uh, yeah that's a good question Um, last year I led with Hunt Tidwell and he connects with those kids really well and, and Austin connects with them really well too and sometimes I feel like we play a good cop bad cop with them because you know they're still middle schoolers they misbehave mm-hmm. I'm the one who like keeps them on track and yeah. <laughs> uh, makes sure we stick to schedule whereas Austin and Hunt were kind of like the, the people who are like a little bit more buddy buddy with them um, so I, I enjoy it I don't know, you know 20 years from now if, if that's what I'll still be called to do is youth ministry. But for now, uh, I think it's a, a good place to be.
0: Nice.
1: I think it's really cool. Um it's something that I have not really ever experienced or, or heard of, and I'm sure other churches do this, but for for you guys to like start um with a D group in seventh grade and so like for anybody that doesn't know a D group is um Grade and gender specific, so seventh grade boys, seventh grade girls. So, um, so it's cool to start in in a in a grade with a group of young boys, and like essentially, if you do this for five years, you'll go all the way up five or six years. Six years, years, you'll go all the way up with them, but through graduation. Yeah, and so you will have like discipled, in theory, these young boys into young men um and they'll trust you and you'll be involved in their lives and they'll love you and they'll see god in you and you'll learn from them and they'll learn from you um i just think that's a super valuable thing i think a lot of times uh the the youth team thinks about it in terms of the leader being impactful on those students lives But I can also really see a way in which the students are incredibly impactful on you, the leader. Um, Because where else do you get, like, um, I mean, dude, like, you want kids one day. So, like, at some point you're going to have a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old, 15, you know, all the way up. And it's like, oh, I've, I've," at least for an hour a week, (laughs) I've had to, like, play good cop, bad cop with these guys. (laughs) And I've had to disciple someone. And I've had to talk about tough things and and i just think that's really valuable and so i I really i love the youth i love how the d groups are structured and um it's really cool to see you get to do that and just all the leaders that, that do get to do that
0: yeah do you feel like it's kind of changed your perspective in any way uh of your own faith of like how you think about things or anything like that
2: Uh, I mean, it it definitely makes me study the word in a way where I have to know it uh, forward and backwards, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, they do ask a lot of really good questions. Uh, It's also made me study up more on, like, on hard topics, because, I mean, we're going through 1 Corinthians now, and, you know, we talk about divorce, and so Mm -hmm. I've got to do a lot of in-depth research and also know how to present that to 8th graders, you know, Mm -hmm. because 8th graders aren't getting divorced, and that's also... (laughs) A hard subject. So. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it, it's made me learn a lot. It's also uh, tested my patience a little bit, you know, because mm-hmm. like I said, they are eighth graders. So the good thing about about them is, you know, we we can like goof off together, and then when we study the word, they are they're like so respectful, like like they want to study the word, and, and mm-hmm. when we study the word, you know, they're done goofing off. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that's been really cool to see too.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, we talked to Josh last week about leading a group of, essentially his peers, um, which was very different. He was saying like there's a very high turnover rate, hmm. and you're you're saying that you stick with the same guys, yeah. you know, throughout their whole middle school, high school, um, as well as that dynamic is very different. Do you feel like, um, do you think that that your relationship with them changes over time, or do you think it's always going to kind of stay more of like a, you a, a mentor more than a peer.
2: Yeah, I think it changes, uh, especially like looking forward at the juniors and the seniors right now, it does seem like they, they do mature a lot, uh, and they are a really good friends with, with their leaders. I mean, we have uh, SLTs, mm-hmm. what that stand for? Student Leaders in Training. Yeah. 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 And so like last year they were the S L T s were juniors, they were helping out with the seventh graders and then this year they're seniors helping out with the eighth graders. And so I like, I've become friends with them just because, you know, they seem like like really cool guys. They're mm-hmm. easy to talk to. They help they help uh, lead the discussion when no one else wants to, mm-hmm. to answer questions or speak. So I could see my relationship with them changing because, you know, they do ask questions right now, but uh I think when they're eleventh and twelfth graders they're more, they're more leaders. Mm. So. Um, that's,
0: um, yeah.
1: Just the natural progression of childhood to, yeah, progressing into manhood. Yeah. Different, different level, deeper level of understanding. For sure. Also, I think it's student leadership team. Okay. Uh, I student, think that's what student SOT Student <laughs> leader or something. <laughs> when you said student leader and <laughs> training, I was like, that sounds right. I'll just, <laughs> I'll just agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I think it might student be student leadership, leadership team. team. That, make, but, um, that sounds better.
0: Yeah, I know, because like, when I was in, uh, high school, like, I just stopped going to my youth group, essentially, I mean, my sister was like, still pretty active in it, but, it's just, a very different way of thinking about it, where like, you're with the same group, you have someone, or in this case, two Mm -hmm. people, that you're actively like, learning from, and it just, it, it seems like it's more engaging, on a more personal level, um, than what I've experienced, um, do you think that this kind of changes the way in which you're gonna approach if you ever have kids, like how you would raise them in a faith basis of like how involved does that progression become? I guess. So,
2: I guess is is the question like how would I lead my family? Yeah, I guess also yeah. for
0: you, Daniel, like is this a system that like has changed the way that you think about like your own daughters and how? like, you want their, like, how you want their faith to start, because I feel like for a lot of people I know, like, our faith didn't, we went to church, but like, faith didn't really start until once you made that decision, and I feel like, you know, once you're, if you're in seventh grade, like, your parents are probably still making you go, but there's gonna become a point where it's like, this is your choice Mm -hmm. to show up.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, my, my parents, you know, they were Christians, they were great parents. I mean, I feel like all parents have their flaws, but but my parents were, were pretty good. You know, I love my parents. Um, but they didn't really do a great job of teaching me the Bible, so um, they left that to my Christian school, which luckily my Christian school was great at teaching the Bible um, and ultimately having a big impact on me becoming a believer, and so being a... a group leader I said like hey like, I don't want to leave my child's faith up to someone else I'd, I'd rather mm-hmm. uh, I'd rather teach them from a young age about the Bible and yeah. Jesus and, and hopefully the the Lord would assist me in that uh, one good thing about the, just seeing the eighth graders is like it does seem like their parents do have a, a crucial role in teaching them about the Bible because they do seem to have like a, uh, a more advanced Mhm. Uh, biblical understanding than the average eighth
1: grader. Yeah, I know. Even from so before I got into like full time ministry, I taught in in a couple of different Christian schools, and I was um, you know, for lack of of a better title, I was the Bible teacher. So I taught you know theology or apologetics or Old Testament survey or New Testament survey or whatever it is, but the majority of parents are sending their kids to Christian school so that that school will make them a Christian mm-hmm. or they're sending them to youth group or it's like behavior modification or like this will be good for them. You know, it's a place where they're like teaching them good values and morals. Um, I think Jack brought up something really important and um, I, I'll transition into to my family as well is like if the parents are not involved um the children are going to do what they see their parents do mm-hmm. so like if faith is fake for the parents um it's going to be for the kids so that, that's not to say that like a, a child can't mature into like their own faith at some point but like right now Hadley doesn't fully understand the gospel but like mm-hmm. she can tell you what the gospel is We are, um, and I'm not bragging because there's been seasons of like ups and downs and we've done family worship and we've not done anything for months on end. But, um, I mean, we read the Bible with her. We sing worship songs with her at night. Um, she could, she could vaguely articulate, uh, what the gospel is. She knows that Jesus is the son, God, the son, um, that he was sent to Earth to die for our sins on the cross, um, and so I say all that to say, like I want to be active with my children in discipling them, um, and I would say that that doing things like an hour a week on a Wednesday night leading a D group, it absolutely helps prepare. Like all the youth group leaders, um, the volunteer leaders. Um, are normally in their like mid twenties to early thirties, and I really think it prepares you uh, to have children, like to interact with children on a level where uh, I heard John Piper say one time, if you can't explain the gospel to a four year old, then you don't know the gospel. Mm-hmm. And and when you think about it, that is actually really hard because four year olds ask like really obvious, blunt questions. And then you really have to be like, well, well. Let me explain. So like Hadley would be like, well, so Dad, how does God exist everywhere, but He's a person? And I'm like, let me get back to you in like three days. <laughs> um, so so like like you really have to be able to, like I could I could articulate like what a systematic theology would say about God that He's like omnipresent and. You know he exists eternally outside of time as well as inside of time, but like she has no idea what that means. Yeah. Um. So I think that like doing all that is really, really preparatory for um, uh, having your own kids one day. And and I'll just reiterate, um, if you don't disciple your kids, somebody else will, and I want to be involved with discipling my kids.
0: Great, great stuff. Well, Jack, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Uh, thank you for just telling us a little bit about you and a little bit about these topics we chose for the week. Let's go uh,
1: chill some bourbon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you bring us any of that?
2: <laughs> I thought about bringing some, but realized it probably wasn't kosher at church.
1: <laughs> um, for anybody listening who is my boss at West End, this is a dry campus, and we do not condone alcoholic <laughs> use on campus.
0: Okay. Yeah. You gotta uh-huh. here. Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. But, uh, yeah, uh, usually we have, like, a little end-of-the-week thing we do. I um, know uh, you've been reading The Count of Monte Cristo.
2: Oh, I finished it. Finished yeah. it? A few months ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. Okay, would yeah. you recommend it? I would, yeah. Done. It's a really interesting book. It's, it's a long book, but I think it's definitely worthwhile. Okay. Yeah.
1: What are, you, are you reading anything right now?
2: Currently, no. Oh, uh, well, sorry, I have, I'm, like, two chapters into Crime and Punishment. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Is it Crime and Punishment to read it right now?
2: Uh, it's, it's taken me a while okay. just because I, I just haven't read it in like a month, but I'm on getting through it. So I feel like the, the crime is about to happen. Okay. Yeah. Or a crime. Is about
1: somebody to explained to me, it's, is it, it's Dostoyevsky. Is that how you say it? That sounds right. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, somebody explained to me that the book is like, if you were, um, if you yourself were entering like a party. That's how you like meet the characters in the book. Like sometimes you'll meet a character and you'll get like a little bit about them and then you'll never see that character mm-hmm. again. So it's like there might be 50 characters that are introduced in the book and yeah. like you don't know who's relevant until like the end of the book. Right. Wow. So I've, I've never read it, but that's how it was explained to me one time that it can be a little maddening mm-hmm. as you read it cuz you're like Okay, what's important here and why are you just filling pages with introducing me to someone that we're never going to see again?
0: And the guy you met once comes back and all of a sudden he's super important. (laughs) Yeah,
1: the guy that I met at the beginning of the party, I just finished reading the second Dune book. Um, It's called Dune Messiah. Um, If any of you guys are like big dune Dune fans, um, the first book is awesome. I was very disappointed in the second book. Um, it's just, it's all it. Well, I don't want to say what it's about. If if I don't want to give spoilers because if you haven't read the first one or if you haven't seen like the movies and the second movie comes out this year, it, it might spoil some stuff. So I don't want to do that. But I was very disappointed. Mm-hmm. First book amazing, second book not th- not so good.
0: Yeah, I haven't read too many. Like, actual books recently. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> I used to read, like, 18 books in, like, a span of, like, a week. Um, but I recently read a few comic books. Um, one that one of my friends had recommended to me. Uh, was called Superman Up in the Sky. And essentially it's uh, a little girl gets, like, kidnapped off-world somewhere. And, like, Superman has to decide if he's going to leave Earth. Like where there's constantly things happening in Metropolis right. that he has to take care of to go search for this little girl that could be anywhere. He doesn't have he has no idea. Hmm. Um, this like I think it was like a, a little, little girl from an orphanage. Okay, someone that like other people would say, oh, it's like not really worth going to save this girl. No family. Like there's it's
1: like a lost cause yeah. type situation,
0: and he has to decide if he's gonna. Go be the one person that could actually like go save this girl, and uh, it's very very good. Um, it's kind of vignetti, kind of as he's traveling around, it'll kind of skip between scenes. It's uh-huh. like a scene that's reminiscent of the DMV That's pretty interesting. It's it's all it's a, a lot of like very thought provoking questions and um, mm. how he deals. With it. I never really liked Superman as a character, and it definitely made me like him a lot more and think he was more interesting than I previously thought. Um, so if anyone is into comics and hasn't read it, I'd say recommend it. Uh, and if anyone hasn't read many comics, I'd say it's probably a good one to start with.
1: Hmm. Awesome.
0: But, yeah. Uh, we got any events coming up, Daniel?
1: Um, not, not really. Uh, we just recently went and did some, uh, service opportunities with, a uh, special needs ministry that was really awesome. Um, I guess I mean we just said tonight sign up for a dodgeball tournament um, if you're interested in in dodgeball and playing in a huge tournament I think April 28th okay. um, you could get on West End's website and uh, get a team sign up there it's a lot of fun it, it's it's a it's a whole night of just I think there's like a family tournament ahead of time and then it's just like it's intense like. Uh, we played in it last year. I think we played, like, the Harpeth Hall girls at one point. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, we're about to get wrecked by ninth through 12th grade girls. We did and win. We, we won. We, won. we won, everybody. We won. But, um, <laughs> yeah, eat it, girls. We killed them. So, um, but it's a lot of fun. It, it really is. It, it's a lot of fun. So if you're interested in that, there's info on the website. Uh, next week, John Bourgeois is coming in to teach um Acts 13 and 14 and we'll be looking in depth at uh Paul and Barnabas yeah Paul and Barnabas's um first missionary journey so kind of following them around as they go to different um areas, cities, and established churches and so John Bougeois if you don't know a uh, brand new um senior pastor at West End Community Church just had his uh installation ceremony Last week, so um, really excited about that and and really um, uh, thrilled that he would come in and spend some time with young adults. So, check us out if you want to. We meet in the hangar every Tuesday night at seven o'clock. Dinner's always provided. We'll see you there.
0: Great, yeah. Thank you guys for listening, Jack. Again, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Good time. Uh All right, Uh, see you guys next week. On Tuesday, he'll see Daniel at the hangar where he's supposed to be this time. Anyways, he was gone a couple weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye.